This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Creators Outlet with our special guests, old-time friends. Not as old as me, but old enough. Steph Cannon and Matt Knowles from Insymmetry. Hey, what's going on? How you you doing over there? How you doing over there? Uh, I got coffee, so I'm good. Coffee's always good. Uh, Like like I've been doing recently, uh, my name is Will, and I have a problem. (laughs) <laughs> hey, that's good. That's good. As a comic creator, we appreciate that kind of problem. And and I sold fourteen long boxes this summer too. So say what? what? <laughs> Hopefully, none of our stuff was in that long box. No, no, no. Just you know, Marvel and DC crap. Oh, well, that's good. Forget that. Shadowhawk, how are you? Thanks for coming. So tell us what's going on. I know we're inside the last 50-some hours of the campaign. Yeah, man. We are actually in the 48-hour range. Just hit 48 hours for I Am Keto. It is our fictional Far East uh, fantasy horror. Think Mortal Kombat and Soul Calibur meets Mad Max. Um, It's been a crazy campaign. It's been a crazy campaign. We just got done doing Ocala Comic-Con and we were, Steph was here. She just flew back to California, got in late last night. Last night. (laughs) Yeah. And so we are that, so I'm in Florida. She's in California. So back to, to trying to finish this thing strong. It's been a tough grind. Uh, The economy's really rough. The can't, the Kickstarter uh, platform itself is, is, is really, uh, really challenging right now, but we're having fun with it. We're really, really happy with all the support we've already gotten. And we're just hoping to end this thing off strong because we have a lot of stretch goals coming up. And uh, we want to be able to give back to those people that have already been backing us. Yes, because I will be able to uh, have another book up here on the shelf next to uh, some other Insymmetry books that I bought a while back. Well, that's always good. As you see, we're at forty-seven ninety-four with ninety-five backers. That means right now we're at two hundred and six dollars away from the dollar count goal and five backers away from the backer count incentive. So we have. 
two different stretch goals, one based on backer count, one based on dollars, so that that way we show that we really do care about both numbers uh, because having dollars actually helps the business to, con to continue going, but having oh, backers, yeah. those are the people we want to be able to read our stories because if we don't have backers, uh, then, you know, there's not enough people out there reading our stories. Don't get to enjoy uh, what we what we put together and what we write. Yeah, and you guys write a lot of stuff. You've been at it for years. And uh, you're all over the place, too. Are you still doing uh, the, the all-ages stuff for uh, Scout, or did you wrap that up? Yeah, yeah Misfits, I'm... we're still working on. Uh, we're still doing it. We are... Uh... It's going through Scout Comics and is going to be the, the trade, I believe, that collects all the issues. Don't quote me on that because I get a lot of stuff wrong. <laughs> no, you got it. You got it. So, um, yeah, we just did Sharks, Dragons, and Little Red Wagons for uh, Misfits Clubhouse and was the debut of Bruce McTutherson, aquatic investigator, who's kind of become the breakout character in the story. Um uh, yeah, so at the end of the year, we're hoping to have that trade out on Scout, and it's going to have um, all the short stories that have been in the first two issues, plus a story that was only available on Kickstarter, and a brand new story called Glitch in the Matrix that's going to have its first appearance in that trade. So uh, it'll be about 80 or so pages, um, nice. and it's going to be going to be a good time, going to be a good time. Yeah, because usually the trades are just, you know, reprinting everything that is has been released before but you've got new content in it so it's kind of like one of those old bronze age marvel or dc uh 100 page specials where you would get like a new story and then a whole bunch of like various like cool reprint stuff so that's exactly yeah. it we want to make sure that that collectors are able to find value in in getting something additional if they already have all the individual issues yeah i i did that uh Mike Jimmy's Life on Cora just uh he just released like a volume one of it. But they they re they they redid like the first two issues. Uh he had switched colorists years ago, so they went back to that. And uh one of Nita's daughters uh drew an exclusive cover for the hardcover. Oh she, her Nita's Nita's daughter is a badass. That, yeah, yeah. That oh. I've seen some of the art and I'm like, yep, it's only only a matter of time. We're gonna be seeing a lot more work. Yeah, so I mean I've got everything from them. I've got the original number ones and twos, I've got the redone ones and twos. And uh I was like, nope, I gotta have that cover. I don't care. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we always try. Yeah, we always try to make sure that there's there's something extra. We did it with Tales from Nocturnia. We relettered the entire issue one when we did the trade paperback, mm -hmm. um, added anthology pieces, and added about thirty pages of unique content. We always try to make sure that there's something. So, like, if someone is like yourself, that's a collector, they don't feel like I'm just getting exactly the same stuff I already have. That there's an incentive for you to get that next thing, and and that that kind of ro rolls into I am Tito pretty interestingly because when we first started writing this, this was going to just be a small little additional piece of content for the next Heirs of a Sealdor trade paperback because Keto is a character in Heirs of a Sealdor. Um, and so we wanted to go back and explore his time before being called through a portal. And um, as Steph and I started writing what was there, we got about 10 pages of content. We're like, there's no way. We're like, we're going to be leaving out so much cool stuff that could be done. And the next thing you know, it's like, an 80 page epic that is definitely one of the coolest things we've ever put together. I mean, this story, when we haven't been able to talk about too much of the really insane stuff that happens in the story, because it's just far too spoilerific, but it is ridiculously cool. We are so stoked to get this out there into people's hands. I looked at it and it made, it made me think about uh, uh, a recent purchase from this year of uh shotgun samurai from uh the quaff who uh who did that book it's a samurai with a shotgun but he doesn't he uses the shotgun like a sword not a shotgun ah, no that's <laughs> that's awesome so, <laughs> props for that mad respect for that that's it's, awesome. it, it's very different so i was like i dig it and he started out wanting to do like a run of floppies and ended up with a 300 plus page graphic novel. 
Yeah, we kind of run into that so, problem sometimes too. Yeah, once in a while, it's like, no, but what if we did this? Yeah. And what if this happened? It's a problem Next with thing the writer. You know, another fifty pages, and it's like. Well, oh, we can't slow the locomotive down enough. <laughs> well, and that's the thing with this story too, where we could have made the decision to split this up into multiple issues. Um, there definitely are a couple points in the story um, where if you look at, you know, I can even right off the top of my head, when we get to this page or get to that page, they felt like there is solid breaking points in the story right there. But we're in a tough economy right now. Everybody's struggling. Uh, money is tight. And our thought was, let's just do this all at once. Let's take the risk on our side. Uh, but then for those on the other side, the the consumers and the potential backers, they're like, okay, I can get this whole story and only have to back it one time. I only have one set of shipping. And mm -hmm. we were like, that's something where instead of funding the United States Postal Service, they can keep that money in their pocket. We'll just get a nice, perfect bound book and we'll go from there, get it in one shot get it out there the way we can get back to doing Heirs of the Sealed Door, the Perilous Prospects book three, and the other stuff that we have coming down the pike. Nice. Well, I definitely want to uh, play the trailer because we get to see you guys in costume at the con. Sounds good. Let's do it. Hey, everyone. This is Matt and Steph from Symmetry Creations. We're here to tell you about our brand new fantasy horror epic, I Am Keto. This one-shot graphic novel expands the heirs of the Sealed Door universe by focusing on Keto and his time before being called to report it. It takes place in the fictional Far East Yamran Empire and explores its tragic demise. This campaign will have all the things you come to know and love from us here at Team Sim, like collectible covers from killer artists, training cards, stickers, socks, and custom swag from GB Leatherworks. Oh yeah. This campaign is even going to have a brand new metal song, the I Am Keto theme song, that's debuted. In this story, you'll get to meet Keto's twin brother, Kenji. Their friends, Tatsumi and Mayu. And many more from this secluded, self-sustaining empire. Little do they know that the Dark Conquesters and the Soul Rippers are marauding across the continent. Dominating and overtaking everyone and everything in their path. That's why we say I Am Cheeto is like Mortal Kombat and Soul Calibur meets Mad Max. This is one of our favorite stories we've ever written. And if you're a fan of compelling characters, action, and twists and turns that you won't see coming, we're confident that this will be a must-have for you, too. You don't want to miss this. Def there. Definitely glad you're digging the uh, the video there, man. Definitely glad you're digging it. The music yeah, that's have, in there. We have fun doing it. The I music had, that's I in there. Yeah, I had to look twice at the video because the the lighting on you with the purple on it. It looks like you weren't <laughs> behaving, and Steph like slapped you. And <laughs> well, you know. Well. I, mean, I mean, maybe that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, that is. It is. It, it, it could be. Never sometimes know. I have to slap them around a little bit, you know, <laughs> keep them in line. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going on my video. I'm not sure why my video is like at 14.4 baud modem. I just ran a speed test and my speed is great. So I don't know what's up, but I'm still here. I promise. So let's get into this. So you've, you've got a featured tier. Or do you? Didn't put a featured tier up there. We just started off with the, you know, I think the feature tier is also that's really new on Kickstarter. So I don't even know if, if that was even available when uh, when we put the campaign together. Okay, so that's more of an IgG thing. Yeah. So um, we just started, normally Kickstarter just runs it in uh, the, the dollar, you know, dollar oh, amount yeah. lowest to highest. Yeah. So we have the PDF of the, of the issues, which is uh, 80 page. It's got the... Uh, um, Waterfall Warriors cover from Chess and Gwen as the, the main cover. But with it being a PDF, we're probably going to get all the stuff in there anyways. Um, the main uh, individual tiers are, are 19 bucks on the regular cover. And if you think about being an 80-page graphic novel, uh, Perfect Bound, that's actually not that, not that bad um, for something like that. There's six different covers for the campaign. You've got uh, the covers from Carl Moline, who worked for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. you got some facing covers. And then there's another cover in here um, 
which is the uh, cover for Cordelia Davina, which we think probably is going to be your favorite cover there, Will. We think you're going to be liking that Cordelia Davina. So now I'm scrolling, looking for the Cordelia. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she'll be, she, there you go, there right there. Right there. She's a badass, but she's a bad badass, so, you know. Yeah, I kind of dig that. Yeah, we had to wait to uh, debut that cover until partway through the campaign. One, we were getting it finished up, but two, we wanted to make sure that uh, we wanted to make sure that the other covers and the, the the bulk of the story was able to get the focus for the first half of the campaign, and to let her, you know, when she came out, get the the rightful attention that we knew she was going to get, uh, just because of how she looks and because of the the type of character that she is. So we wanted to make sure that you know both sides of it had a chance to. Uh, to get their time in the spotlight, so to speak. Yeah, and not not just that, it's a secret cover. That's right. Yeah. Secrets. Helps helps uh keep the enthusiasm up. Oh, this one's cool. Yeah, that's the uh the dual serpents logo. That's the logo of the uh, Yamard Empire, which is the uh the, where Keto is from. Uh we also have a lot of stuff. Um it's mostly on the tier side. I mean, on the story side where you can see it, but it's, uh, we also have the dark conquesters and the soul rippers and they have the soul ripper logo, uh, which looks kind of like a skull or a dark mall in that respect. And we have a ton of merch that's got that on there too. Uh, even some wacky leather work that's uh, that GB Leatherworks did where they, they built fully wearable masks of the uh, soul ripper logo. Oh, nice. And the C and D covers together are connecting. So yes. Correct. I love me a connecting cover. I was really excited that we were going to be able to do that again uh, with this campaign because I, I, I love covers like that. And part of the reason we did the connecting covers on that was because one, you know, Alessandro just really wanted to draw the, the full breadth of what was there. Mm -hmm. But with it being perfect bound books, if you ever get a perfect bound book, you can't ever, like with a comic, you can unfold it like this and see the whole picture. Yeah. But on a perfect bound, you can't really do that. So we're like, you know what, we'll just put them side by side. That way you can see them in all their glory. Or if you wanted to put them in an 11 by 17 frame, you have the ability to do that. And all these are also available as metal covers as well. We, we love the look and the, the style, that feel of, of metal coverage. It just feels like you got a solid brick in your hand and it just looks so solid. Um, so every one of these is also available in metal as well. Nice. And, and this connecting cover is a lot more economically friendly then the last connecting covers I, I saw come out from, uh, even though he's a complete badass, uh, but the uh, Alex Alex Ross released yeah. like a triple set of connecting covers. And if you wanted them signed and graded 9.8s, they were $1,500 a piece. A I'm piece? Like, oh, my God. A piece. I go, oh, my God. I go, oh, man. I don't well, like you know, anybody that people. much. Yeah, I was going to say, one can only hope we will achieve that level <laughs> someday. Yeah. Well, I can we can hope, out, right? If we ever were selling something for 1500 bucks, I promise you it's going to be more than two connecting covers. I don't think that we would yeah, ever yeah, I get to a point that. that we were going to bilk somebody for that kind of yeah. that kind of goodness. Yeah, I, I have A full set of leather armor in the book, $1,500. That's probably what, exactly what would happen. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> So we've also got the uh, cover B. Like I said, that's the one that was done by um, by Carl Moline, who's done stuff for Buffy the Vampire Slayer of, of the Majutsushi. That is the Conjurers. They are actually uh, basically like the inner circle of uh, advisors for Emperor Okanakatu of the uh, Yamarn Empire. Um, Carl actually put the uh, original art for that in this campaign as well. The tier is now priced at three seventy nine. If you get the original eleven by seventeen art and one of all the covers and for the kind of artist that Carl is and the kind of credentials that he has, we think that's a steal. I'm shocked mm -hmm. that nobody's taken that tier yet, but then again, we also are in the economy we're in, but that thing's still sitting out there. And, um, you know, somebody, somebody's going to be lucky one of these days when they pick that up. And it's, it's also something that if it doesn't go, you can frame it and put it on your wall. So you want to add it back into another campaign. That's, a, that's exactly right. Taught people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were on a show the other night and there was a discussion about that, about, you know, whether you want to keep the original art or not, because it's kind of it, it, there, it's a little of an emotional tug because you're like, oh, man, you know, I, I almost want this for myself, but I also want somebody else to enjoy it, too. 
Uh, for us, one of the biggest problems that happens is when uh, GB Leatherworks makes such really cool leather items. Yes. And then we're like, dang, we got it. We have them on our table to sell. And it's like, yay, we sold it. Oh, crap, we sold it. Oh, you know I already I mean? told them there's stuff that, from them that I always want. I, I get a lot of, I, not everything that they make for us, but quite a bit because I'm like, I have to have it. I, I, I had to have a dice pouch. I mean, come on. I'm a D&D &D, &D player. I had to. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is a great tier right here. The full Ears of Isidore universe pack yep so so yeah if somebody's uh just final just happening upon this for the first time we've actually had a couple people that that have done that if they want to be able to see heirs of a sealed or and that storyline and then be able to see tales from nocturnia or that connects in and i am keto or that connects in they can the thing we try to stress to people is um the difference between keto and tales from nocturnia is in tales from nocturnia you get to see um what happened in that kingdom after Lovelorn slash uh, King Lucian was pulled into Heirs of Isildur? In Keto, we wanted to explore up to the point where Keto was pulled in himself. So this entire story um, is is um, autonomous. It's on its own. You don't need to have any knowledge of Heirs in any way to enjoy this story. Um, it doesn't mean that you're not going to enjoy it if you do have Heirs and not get a little bit of a different vibe from it because you do have a little more understanding of the character but um we want people to feel confident that once they get this book they're going to get keto askatoyo's full story in the armored empire in this book there's not going to be any more of keto in this empire um once this book is is put out and uh let me put a dig on kathleen kennedy this is probably what a prequel story should be like opposed to all the garbage we've been fed over the years from all, all the nonsense talking about politics and yeah. you know not a lot. yeah oh <laughs> yeah you know stuff like that and these pages look great i really uh, appreciate that our our artist alessandra ventura is the same one who does the perilous prospects art for us and um you could tell that one of the things he really vibed on in airs was um, whenever we'd get to a page where there was a little bit of action, you know, the airs is not as much based on action scenes as, as what some other books might be. But when he got to action, he was really just on it. And so we knew that we needed to make sure there were some big action scenes uh, in this book. And he just knocked those things out of the park. You could tell this was right there in his wheelhouse when he's like monsters, I could draw creatures that have got, you know, crazy stuff going on. Let me, let me try this. And he would, he's like, can, can I make him do this? Can I, can we try this? And sometimes we'd have to rein him in because he wanted to get so wild, but it also helped Steph and I to expand what was happening in this universe in and of itself. And the, the color palette on this is just amazing. Yeah. 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 Our, we were really happy with uh, the art team in this issue because I, I just feel like they worked well together and just like Matt said, they just knocked it out of the park. It, it all blends together nicely at, at the same time. It's, it's a lot of it is like popping off the page with the reds and the purples and the background yeah. coloring. Yeah. And, and it's funny too, because I feel like reds and purples are, are royal colors, you know, just, usually what comes to mind when people think of like royal colors and we didn't even really, I mean, we sorted it on purpose, but we, we didn't intentionally set out saying everything has to be in reds and purples. It just sort of came out to be that way. Yeah. And the, the mountains in the background that have the, uh, the purple on them, that's actually an intentional thing because the Yamaran empire is surrounded by a mountain range that is covered in purple orchids, the Yamaran orchids. And they've got a mystical power that basically creates a mirage that has kind of created a force field where like anybody on the outside doesn't even know that the Yamard Empire exists. So they get to live their entire existence inside this mountain range's protection. They are completely self-sustaining. They don't have any need or desire to go outside those walls. All the food, um, you know, anything that they need in is, is right there, uh, protected with the mountain ranges to the north, uh, serpents of the sea to the south. And so they basically live the entire existence um, in the world, but completely separated from it. So that's why you look at those mountains and you see they actually have that, that purple tint to them. It's not a uh, coloring mistake. Uh, that's an intentional thing in the story. Nice. Backgrounds on the characters. 
Oh, they look mean. That's where the uh, the Mad Max esque part of the story comes in as the Dark Conquesters. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like, I've seen creatures like this before. Like, oh yeah. So where we pick this story up is we're basically looking at a group of friends, uh, Kenji, Tatsumi, and Mayu, who are all the firstborn in their household. And in the Yamran Empire, that holds a special seat of relevance because the firstborn in their 21st year gets a chance to audition for the emperor to see if the emperor wants to choose them to be a part of his elite guard, like his, his top security team, the top um, guards in the empire. And you only get one chance uh, in your 21st year. If you, on the day of allotment, you get you perform for the emperor and he selects you, not only do you get a raised seat, but your entire household has their entire social status raised. So it's a big deal in the kingdom. So alongside them, you have Kido, who is Kenji's twin brother, who is only a few minutes younger than Kenji. So his entire life, he's known he's only a few minutes away from being that firstborn um, and having that, that raised importance in the kingdom. But he doesn't really care. He's um, dedicated his life to making sure that his brother is prepared and ready because he knows if his brother does good on that day, his family, his parents are going to be able to raise as well. Um, he also wants to see his friends, Tatsumi and Mayu, raise up as well because of all of their families uh, raise up on that day of a lot, but they're all still going to be together. They're all still going to be able to uh, to exist just in a, in, a, in a higher social cast. So that's where the story starts with this being fantasy horror. You know that uh, their perfect plans aren't exactly what's going to take place in the story and uh, kind of have to read the story to uh, to see where this thing is going to go. Usually that's the case. That's right. A better close-up of some of the covers. Now, how much of the book is complete right now, or is the entire book done? Uh, right now we are, I would say, about five or six pages from having all the inks done uh, on the okay. interiors. We are about halfway through the colors right now. So we are in really good shape when it comes to the uh, completion of the story. Um, one of the things that Steph and I are going to start doing here soon, which we've been doing it as it's gone along, uh, we're going to treat it as if it's a movie. And what I mean by that is um, if we put the whole thing together and we're like, you know what, this page, we didn't expand this page out enough or we need to redo something on this page. We're going to go back and do the, the quote unquote reshoots if we need to and fix little spots here and there because we want to make sure fix that it it's definitely. Post. Yeah. Fix it in post. Yeah. yeah get, it, get it exactly. Yep. Get it exactly where it needs to be. Um, we've already made a couple of changes um, from what was originally, uh, originally designed, originally drawn, originally scripted, just because as we got into the story, we're like, you know what, what we thought was going to be and what we thought needed to be just wasn't, wasn't what needed to be there. If you catch my drift, we, we feel yeah. like it was the, the art was, was begging for us to do more. That's part of the reason why the book is an 80 page story. Now, instead of, if you look at the, the long Earl on Kickstarter, it says 60 pages because as we were putting the story together, there was a few points that we were just like, you know what, we're going to be doing the story a disservice to have this be eight pages compressed on a page. We need to turn this into three pages. Oh yeah. So currently it's 80 pages. It yeah, could be more. It could be. I mean, I definitely don't want anybody thinking they're going to have more than that once the book comes out. But you never know when it comes to all the extras and the things like that that we put in. Uh, we always try to make sure there's character profiles and call them expand and understand so that if somebody doesn't understand the, the nuances of why X or Y is important, we try to put that in the book and make sure that... Um, like in Tales from Nocturnia, they may not have realized that like two characters were brother and sister or why that was important. Um, we tried to make sure that that was in the book as well. So if somebody wanted to dig a little deeper into the universe, they had that op that opportunity. Yeah, you, you guys have always put like extra like world building stuff that you used like in the back of the book. And uh, another book that did that when I when he first started the series and I thought it was like, so detailed uh it, it took me like it took me like a day to read the book but it took me a week to go through 
all the world building stuff that he explained in the back of the book was uh, Blood Realm that comes out from uh, Alterna. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude okay, is. Yeah. That dude's it really is. into that. Yeah, with him being the, I think he's the writer, artist, all that. So yeah, he can. Yeah. Dig deep into his world. So I'm like, I, I read that and I'm like, wow. And you know, it, I ended up buying like the last couple of trades he, he put out for it, and I got a couple of I got a couple of uh, sketch cards with it. Uh, funny enough, uh, one of the sketch cards was done by Frankie B. So <laughs> I'm like, more artwork from people. Yes. Always. One of the things that we did with this campaign as well is, uh, you know, some people, I mean, I don't know why, but some people are not into the kind of metal music that we're into. Um, <laughs> once we get to that stretch goal, that's now only two to $106 away. Uh, we did a thing called uh, music to my ears where we did a stripped back version of the, um, of the theme song of spiral into madness. So it's just the orchestral version. There's no drums, guitar, bass, or vocals. It is, um, the violins, flutes, um, orchestral instruments, choirs. It is just that there's so much of that that's going on um, underneath on the theme song that you just can't hear um, with all the metal instruments there. So we just pulled all that out. So if somebody wants to hear the more vibey background soundtrack stuff, that MP3 is going to be available. And the people that are going to get the first release of that are the backers of the campaign. Uh, that's, that's not going to go on to Bandcamp or YouTube or anything like that first. The backers of the campaign are going to get the link to that first, have that at their disposal, and then potentially at a later date, we'll go and put that up on um, other social sites. And that seems like a perfect segue to turn around and bring up the video you shared with me. It's almost like I've done this before. <laughs> So this, this, the video he's bringing up is Spiral Into Madness, which is the theme song, the lyric video to the campaign. Um, this is told from Keto's point of view. Um, something has happened, and he's talking about how this has changed his life and affected his life. And the lyrics really give you some insight into this younger twin's plight in the Yamaran Empire. I'm not sure 
Wow, that was intense. Well, I'm glad that I hope that you I hope that you it dug it. Always is, always is. <laughs> and uh, I think you can see from the lyrics there, the lyrics definitely uh, paint a little bit of a different picture than what you might have expected from the uh, the Kickstarter campaign itself. There's, you know, Keto talking about how he's not a betrayer, um, how he hopes to restore the name of his family. Um, you know, there's a lot of like, well, why is it? Why is that the case when we? Uh, we have our, our, our team of uh, Chess and Gwyn who did the main cover and um, they're really into the lore of the things we do. And we fed, we fed them like a few lyrics at a time. And every time they were freaking out, they're like, what are you talking about betrayer? And what's this betrayer stuff? And, you know, so we can't wait for them to be able to see what that song is talking about and why it is. Read the book. Yep. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's like, it's like those old 1970s Time Life commercials. You know, read the book. And there were plenty of jokes to follow up afterwards. <laughs> I actually have, from when I was a kid, my mother had bought like the sailing, the sailing vessels, uh, okay. Time Life book series. Right. Course, okay. I was enamored with it because one of the books was just pirate stuff. Did right I read it? Alley. No, I but, I, but I looked at all the pictures and it turns out I thought I only had the pirate book. Turns out I have the entire like small collection. There's like, you know, like six or seven books, like all leather bound. And one of them was Viking stuff too. So I'm like, nice. Ooh. I'm like, oh. So now we're getting to where our swag is. Of course, anybody that knows the campaigns that we run, we always have awesome swag. We are getting known for having socks. Socks are something that we've done for, I don't know, maybe the last four or five? Yep, this is the fifth, fifth, so. fifth campaign, five yeah. in a row. Yeah, yeah. So um, we, the company that we go through, it's quality product. So we're just going to keep doing them because we love them and people love them. We love having them at our table at conventions people always kind of gravitate towards them 
So we did the socks again this time. Matt and I own all the pairs of the socks that we've ever done and literally wear them all the time. They're incredibly comfortable. Seriously, like you're not going to regret getting these socks. We also have, so the socks are the dual serpent symbol. Yeah. And then the shirts, we have two different shirts to choose from. The dual serpent and then the soul ripper um, emblem, I guess, you know, soul ripper mask. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have our leather work, which we have also done with our boys, our friends, uh, Harrison Hansen and Martin Irish over at GD Leatherworks. They've done leather leather products for us uh, for I don't know how long now. And I mean, it, it's just kind of a given that now, I mean, even before we were doing the socks, it was a given that we were going to do leather work. Now we're kind of like, okay, it's going to be leather, something leather and something socks, except for our all ages title, Misfits Clubhouse Leather doesn't really go with that. So um, this time around, we have quite a few different offerings. We have the eye patch, which you see there. And Harrison, our lovely Vanna White model, is uh, sporting all of it so you can see what it looks like to be worn. We've got the large Soul Ripper mask, which is incredible and intricate. And I mean, these guys make this stuff by hand. They are like blacksmiths from the medieval ages sitting there in their tents just hammering away and you know, burning leather and all of that stuff. So these masks are, we actually had some in person at this show that we did last weekend at Ocala Comic-Con and we're able to display them on the table so that we can actually see them in person. And as cool as they look in the pictures, they're even more amazing in person. They're just incredible. Oh, yeah. and, and if you watch um, our, if you watch our end of campaign live stream, um, which is on Thursday, going to run from eight o'clock to nine o'clock, we're going to figure out a way to. I'm not sure how we're going to do it yet, but I've actually got all of their leather work in my possession right now after the show. So all those Soul Ripper masks and all that will be on display right behind me. And then, yeah. So, and then we have uh, Tatsumi's hairband, which is your traditional um, Far East inspired hairband where it's kind of the leather, um, you know, board. And then there's like the, the stick. I mean, that's my technical terms for it because we, we actually found out what those are called, but we can't, I don't know. It, the, you know, you can see right there. Everybody knows what that is. It's a hair. It's a hair piece. <laughs> so we've got those. And um, yeah. So if you want cool swag, you know, you, you know where to look. But if you if you scroll down, there's two more things from them. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, I, scroll. Yeah. Go back up just a little bit. I think there's two more uh, two more images that need to pop in. They're being that. stubborn. Yeah. So we have, okay, so we have the big mask, the big Soul Ripper mask, but, you know, we know that not everyone can't, has the space or the money to get such a large item. So uh, the boys at GB came up with the head shrinker mask, which are, and they're not even really masks, because really, unless you're, you know, putting on your, your pet lizard or something, it's not going to fit on a human head. But they're the little miniature versions of the mask, because we've had, for our Tales from Nocturnia campaign, we had... Um, these incredible dragon masks. And then we did, they did these little keychains, which are, we call them the baby dragon head keychains because they literally are a little dragon head. And so we wanted to offer something similar this campaign. And so they're the head shrinker masks. So they're, they're, which I have to stop calling them masks because they're not, but they're head shrinkers and they're versions of that, but just much smaller. So if you wanted to put them on your desk or just anywhere in your house or just have them just to say, look at this cool thing I have, then uh, we have that for you as well. Or, or, or to wear them like a sash. I mean, you're going to see the Dark Conquesters and Sorpers have little skulls all yes. over their outfits. You could wear them like that yourself. You wear them on your belt, really. I mean, you can find all kinds of crazy things to do with them, but they're just, they're they're really, really cool looking. I think yeah, the other leather work from them is actually at the top of the campaign page because we just revealed it yesterday. Okay. Well, let's... Run up to the top real quick. I think I put it up there. Uh, uh, so go scroll down just a little bit. It's probably another picture that's missing right here. Yeah, it's right there is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> try hitting the refresh. Yeah, try hitting the refresh button and see if it'll see if it'll show up. That's really weird because yeah, it should be there. What in the heck? Well, the internet, you know how it goes. We can still yeah. describe it for you guys though. Yeah. Well, it's it's my ten dollar internet. Sorry, ten dollar internet. Sorry for making pictures that are so big. <laughs> so what it is is that there there are uh, leather pouches that we had made for our last Arizona Steel Door campaign, 
And um, we honestly, we just call them pouches at this point because there's so many different uses for them. Uh, oh, yeah, the I, I, I saw ones, those, yeah. Yeah, the most obvious one is that they look like dice bag, you know, dice pouches. But um, they're so roomy because they tie up real nice. And they look like kind of small, but then you open them up and you're like, wow, I can fit like my cell phone and, um, you know, all kinds of stuff in here. And so, you know, uh, you know, people can take them to the Ren Fair or wherever, really. I mean, you don't have to even, you know, be costumed up to take it. They just look that good. Uh, but we we are having some that are exclusive to that are have the uh, the Soul Ripper uh, emblem on them. Yeah, it's it's like a dare I say it's like a Rob Leefield pouch. You strap it to the leg. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. I was like, oh, and then then you then you have to like take it on and put it back off for like every room you go through, so you're right? not drawn the same way twice. <laughs> Yeah, because I, me I remember, like, all the leather stuff that you guys have had in the past, like the, the leather turntable mats and... Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, yeah. we, it's fun because they're such good friends of ours and we've worked so well together and for so many years now that the creative process and what we're going to create for each campaign uh, changes for each campaign. So with this one, we kind of were like, okay, so what are we going to do, guys? And we kind of bounced some ideas back and forth. And it's so great because they'll disappear for a few hours or maybe a day or two and then they'll come back and completely have an idea they're like look what we made <laughs> and we're like yep that looks cool <laughs> so it's really easy it's really fun and it, it's we're all a little crazy and so putting all our collective creative minds together in the different ways where we're writers and they're they're um craftsmen really you know and so we just come up with these crazy things and people seem to love them we love them so we're gonna keep on doing it oh yeah and there's there's lots of add-ons uh yes. socks from campaigns past yes yeah uh, if you love those socks you got to get them because they are amazing and and hey uh so the uh the big question that everybody always wants to know is uh what's your fulfillment dates looking like uh right now uh our goal is to have this out and ready to go by our hope is to have it in people's hands by christmas uh, that's, that's what our hope is. Uh, we don't want to, um, you know, stake our, our, our right arm or our left leg on there or, or our, our breaking two fingers cause Steph's already done that. Um, but that is what our goal is. And we've actually had discussions with our uh, suppliers and with our, our artists and all that, letting them know that that's where we want to be. And that we, we think that that's a, a, a potential, um, actual doable goal. Because then I can say, you can order all these different socks in the drop-down menu, and they're perfect for holiday gifts. That's well, right. I, they fit in the stocking. They're stocking stuffers. Yep. yep. Well, and, and the one, and the one thing we will say is this: if somebody did say, "Hey, you know what? I do want to get a pair of Bruce McTutherson socks, or you know, some Air socks, or something like that," that's part of our stock that we have in. If something happened and we weren't going to be able to ship your book at Christmas, we would take the hit and we'd make sure you'd have those other things in your hands. Because the last thing we want to do is, is complicate what's under your tree if we have a, a hiccup there. We don't think that that's what's going to happen on our side, no. but we're not going to be the ones taking that chance on your behalf. But always with anything, anybody can message us and have and ask questions. If you're having trouble figuring out what you want to add on or you're not quite sure or if there's a situation like that, just mention, just message us and we're, we're happy to work with you. Oh yeah. And I will say you guys are one of the most active updates mailing everybody out, uh, you know, through the campaign link to let everybody know everything yeah. that's going on, like every step of the way. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we feel like we have to, it was funny because there was just a post today or somebody is talking about if you're going to do Kickstarter, it is on you, no matter what the excuse is, to get the stuff out to people that have backed you. Because there's a lot of people that sour to crowdfunding because of um, mm -hmm. bad backer situations. And I um, said, hey, you know what? The the first written book campaign that I ever backed, um, the the uh, the book has never come out, and the writer started to um, become, he started to gaslight, started to gaslight the people saying, hey, where's our stuff? 
And they're like, you shouldn't be bothering me because I had these things happen in my life. And, you know, I've got to do this. It's like, no, you took my money six years ago. Oh, you I know what make, campaign that was. <laughs> yeah. You need to make this right. And, um, and so that's, you know, we really feel a responsibility because it doesn't matter if you're a dollar backer, a, a PDF backer, a huge backer, somebody is taking their time and their hard earned money to support what we do. So we want to make sure that they are getting, that they know that we are not taking that for granted, no matter what the time and no matter what the money is, we're not going to be harming you in that situation. We're going to make sure we show you the proper respect. Yeah, because I know I know uh, I was probably a pain in the ass uh, when I uh, when I when I back uh, like a few campaigns ago when I got uh, the years of Isildur and the multiple the uh, both the uh, the records. Yeah. Wasn't the records? Yeah, you weren't. No, no, not at all. That was one. That was one of those campaigns that that was the that was the exception to the rule about who we are, because we knew that we were going to have a delay from the the books and the CDs to when the records were going to come out. Little did we know how long that delay was going to be. We thought giving six months from the time we ordered the records was going to be more than enough time based on what the manufacturer said. And then as that six months got closer, they kept on delaying, delaying, delaying. And it was like, we told people it was going to be November or December and it ended up being May before we got the records. But, you know, so we completely understood, but we, we were, we were merely pawns in that game, but that's yeah. the only time that we've had that kind of, of issue when it's, Stuff we can control, the leather work, t-shirt orders, sock orders, getting the books done. Um, we've always either been early or right on time when it comes to everything else. Yeah, because that was all during the uh, the big supply chain problems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Coming, we, we felt that one hard. It, that was tough. <laughs> you know, so a, a lot of people were, were having problems. But, like, even during that, you were you guys were, were like so like on point with all your communications like a couple of times a month i'd get like an email from you guys i go oh yeah i forgot about that and eventually i was just like just email me when you know my record's gone out just so i can keep an eye out for it because i live in a big apartment complex i don't want anybody pirating my booty yeah <laughs> oh da oh pirating your booty huh that sounds like a weird uh sounds like a weird <laughs> uh, porn right there. Um. Well. <laughs> it's what they used to call the treasure. <laughs> so that, that cover that you have up on the screen right now, so that is Keto's variant cover from the last Heirs of a Sealed Ark uh, campaign. We actually had the, the art team that did the main cover for this one do that cover. Uh, when we did Heirs of a Sealed Ark, the Perilous Prospects book one, Keto was basically a secret character. We intentionally made sure that he was not in the Kickstarter campaign. He was not a part of the marketing. Uh, there was nothing about him because to have someone who looks like a samurai from a Far East empire become a part of the Shadows Haven community, a part of the realm, um, was going to be so different than anything else that had, that had happened so far. Mm. And um, we wanted him to be a real surprise in the campaign. So since we didn't get to do anything like that for, for book one, we made sure that he got his own cover in book two. Uh, he's also on another one of the variant covers for that one as well. Uh, we wanted to make sure that this character that was, was hidden had a chance to shine. Now with this one, if this, if this campaign for I Am Keto was coming out um, in the same way that Ayers did as a three-issue series, we probably would not have a Cordelia Davina cover um, for her because she's a character that we wanted to keep hidden and reveal, but we knew it was going to do the, the book and this and the whole project a disservice if we just didn't even talk about her beforehand, because while the her reveal being associated with the Dark Conquesters and the Soul Rippers um, is a big one, we didn't want to have her, you know, people like yourself, not be able to go get a Cordelia Davina cover, because she's such a marketable character. 
Yeah, and you know I'm ordering that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got 47 hours to do it, William. Just 47 oh. hours to order oh. I Am Keto to get yourself a Cordelia Davina cover or the facing covers or the Waterfall Warriors cover or the Carl Moline Majatsushi cover, or your socks, or your shirt, or your leather work. Or, or all of it, you know? I mean, you never know. Boom, look at that. Boom. Sold American. <laughs> That's right, I'm Looney Tunes old. <laughs> that cover is just sick with all the faces reflecting in the sword. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when, when the girls put that together, when Chessie would put that together, that was, they actually sent us like six different variations. They're like, oh, we could try all these things. And we're like, this sucks. We're like, you've got too many good They're all options. good. <laughs> so like, yeah, they, they, they ended up with one of these. There was a store variant cover. There's another one that we have that's just still kind of in the weeds that they did. And then when uh, when they put together the one for Waterfall Warriors, we're like, yeah, this is not knocking it out of the park. And then the colorist, uh, Marcos Rocha, Nobody thought nobody thought about that being a nighttime cover. And when he colored it, he's the one that's like, let me try this as a nighttime. And we all were like, dude, this looks freaking sick. This rocks. So we were, uh, you know, he he took something that that Steph and myself and Chess and Gwen had a had a, had a specific thought process on, and he mm -hmm. completely turned it on its head with this coloring, which is so cool when you can see different people in the creative process be able to do that and kind of like reframe the story. So tell us uh, after after this what's what's the next uh, project you guys are looking at work going to be working on so uh, we can keep an eye out for it. Uh, so the very next thing that's going to happen as far as releases go is um, you're going to have most likely it's going to be the Scout Comics um, release of the Misfits Clubhouse trade with that exclusive uh with that brand new debuting story glitch in the matrix which um the way that thing is drawn is probably now one of our favorite misfit stories i think is so freaking cool um you're also going to have uh cthulhu invades neverland that just funded on um on kickstarter um that one is going to hit the hit the shelves as well uh so that's going to be the next two releases we're going to be a part of but then after that um, the next book we're actually going to be working on is going to be Heirs of a Seal to the Perilous Prospects 3. Um, we can't wait to get that one um, moving forward where that script and that story needs to go in issue three. We are so stoked uh, because we've basically built up this big um, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen in books one and two. And then we get to go cash in a lot of those things in book three because book three is basically going to be the wrap of uh, the Perilous Prospects storyline. So we can't wait to be able to get in and actually get that thing wrapped up. It took me forever to read the first trade. It's meaty. <laughs> You're it's like meaty. <sighs> well, and you it, can see from you can see from the way that trade was designed. That trade was originally written as an illustrated novel oh. that was converted over to a comic, and um, it still is more illustrated novel than comics. So that's why this new arc was a great split point to say this is now a, a comic trade, not an illustrated novel trade. Yeah, because uh, it, it read like a prose novel printed on comic book paper. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. it was like, oh, yeah. wow. <clears throat> kind of like kind of like when you would buy like the old, the Conans from Dark Horse when they had the license and you get to the back and there would be like an eight page excerpt from, you know, one of the actual novels that they would like basically re-edit it and put it put the entire like 200 page paperback into like eight pages <laughs> that sounds wild yeah. that sounds wild you know it, it was kind of like Rita's digest does conan or something you know well yeah we definitely are not doing anything that is that is that much prose anymore but that just that just goes to show why Steph and I are working together. She came from the comic world. I came from the poetry and lyric writing and the prose side. And that is the reason why the comics actually look like comics now. If it wasn't for the partnership, then Misfits wouldn't be what it is. Heirs of a Sealder wouldn't be what it is now. Um, I Am Keto surely wouldn't be what it is now. But that's the, the two sides and the two thought processes 
CIS's coming together and the yin and yang uh, linking together is is why it is what it is now. Yeah, it's uh, you guys have also got me looking out for other comic book campaigns with vinyl on it. <laughs> They're there's not there. there's they really are yeah. it's a thing <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry not sorry 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 not sorry uh i actually scored an old hi-fi system that has to be repaired so i'm gonna i'm saving up to get a brand new uh techniques 1200 to replace the original record player that was in there oh nice i ordered replace the wiring and the speakers in it I got it for free off of Facebook Marketplace. Somebody was moving. They go, well, if you, I'm in a wheelchair. If you can drop it off here, I'll take it. Done. Nice. So I'm like, once I get, once I get the album in there, uh, it's, it's this uh, band. It's fronted by a, a female singer, and they've been doing uh, stuff with uh, the new Valiant Comics. Okay. So they've been like writing. They do. It's very like rock opera. What's the What's the name of the project? Um, I can't get to it right now. Is it a sound? My... Is it a sound of thunder? That's the one. Yes, that's the band. Dang, how you like that for a guess? Nice. Um, <laughs> they they did they did one. They did a song specifically uh, around Shadow Man. Okay. And. One one of the offer, it it was like you know all kinds of special vinyl like you know like you guys did, like uh, glow in the dark, uh, vinyl and cover and like this thirty page book about the album, you know in the inside the jacket and uh, uh, in the in the books they did them like the old V one uh, stuff when uh, Jim Shooter had started up the original company. So it had the original Shadow Man logo on it, and it was done with the band on the cover with Shadow Man. It was like, it was a homage to uh, Master of Puppets. Okay. Yeah, oh, those, cool. Okay. Yeah, those. The um, uh, if if a Sound of Thunder is who it is, their campaigns, man, they they blow my mind when it comes to the number of uh, the number of backers and dollars they get in their campaigns. I'm I'm always impressed when I see their campaigns come through because I'm like, damn, they're killing it. Killing well, it's difficult, every, difficult to do a music yeah. and comics campaign, but they crush it. Well, I think most of their backers all come from the a good portion of the backers, percentage wise, comes from the, the music side because when they started putting out albums, all their albums were 100% crowdfunded, so they're you know 100% independent, they can't be canceled because they own everything. That's always a good thing, they're not beholding to a publishing label that'll make them do stuff. They can just do always, what they want to do. That's true. That's the way. That's the way to be. That's the way to be. One hundred percent. So I want to thank you guys for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. We always appreciate you taking the time to have us on your show, so we can promote our stuff. Absolutely. I hopefully I, I hope that your your health is uh is is doing all right. I see you got a Boston Bruins shirt on. So hopefully you're not a New England Patriots fan. I I, I no. would say. I, I would say I feel for you for your loss the other night to my Dolphins, but then again, I don't really feel bad about that. Yeah, they they didn't squish the fish. <laughs> no, the the fish did the squishing. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, no, I used to be a football guy when I was when I was younger, and I was a I was a Broncos fan for a long time, and then I just didn't, you know, as of like about ten years back, I just didn't give a damn about football anymore, you know. Hockey, on the other hand, it's yeah, like, I can see you. You're in the you're in the hotbed of hockey up in that area. That's that true, area yeah. is that's the oh, hotbed yeah. of hockey. I've met the majority of like the late '60s, early '70s players. Oh wow, okay. And I've got pucks signed by them, and you know, nice everything else. Uh, I actually stepped on Bobby Orr's foot. <laughs> well, that's a that's a that's a weird flex. Whoops. <laughs> At the uh, well. When they when they did the first Winter Classic again, like about 15, 20 years ago, they did it. They set it up at Fenway Park, and they set up a small skate arena way off to the side for the kids. And me and my cousins were there. We would 
drinking, enjoying ourselves. A little cold, but uh, we were just walking around. And, you know, we're just looking at everything going on. And I took like a, a step backwards. And I started saying, I'm sorry. And I spun around. I'm like, holy shit, you're Bobby Orr. And he's like, well, that's what my grandkids tell me. I go, I grew up on you. Not physically, but, you know, metaphorically on the TV. Because I, I was born in 69. He was, you know, pretty much done with his career by then. But uh, every Saturday afternoon, they would do the, when I was a kid, they'd do like the wide world of sports. And they'd just show like, you know, great games from various sporting genres throughout the thing. And my uncle had all, all the all the old big games, you know, on, on beta tape. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's going back for sure. So, you know, he put him on and watch him. And I used to watch him at his house all the time. So I met, I've met, you know, just about everybody. Some of them have passed since I've met them, but, oh. you know. Well, William, we really appreciate you having us on. Yes. Uh, Right now, we're actually now only $191, $181 away. I did have a, a backer uh, during the during the show. $181 and four backers away from the two different stretch goals. Uh, we do have, uh, if we were to get to those stretch goals before the end of the campaign, we do have a couple other ones set up. But uh, you know what? We'll talk about what those are when we get there. But uh, we are super stoked about uh, where the campaign is and the fact that we have the support that we do. We just hope that more people are going to jump in before the end and become a part of the empire because, uh, you know, the empire needs you to join it. You know, the Yomron empire um, wants uh, wants you guys to come in from the outside and become a part of the empire alongside us so that we can uh, get us, this story out into as many hands as we possibly can. Oh, 100%. Thank you guys once again for joining me. Thank uh, you so much. Guys, go check this us. out. The, uh, the URL is in the chat and it's also in the description down below. And where can everybody follow you on social media? Uh, the easiest thing to do if you're not going to tinyurl.com forward slash I am keto is to go to linktree.com forward slash in symmetry creations. And all the links you need for us are there, whether it's for uh, the different titles we have, the Bandcamp page for the music. Um, it, there's links to where our next live appearances are going to be, to all the Steph's articles that she writes for Fangoria, Creepy Kingdom, um, Horror Buzz. Um, all the different uh, places there. So that's the place to go is to linktree.com forward slash and symmetry creations. And it'll take you to all of our, all of our social media accounts. Awesome guys. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank, thank you. you.